Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome, Welcome to Golic and Smitty. I'm Mike Golic. I'm Jessica Smetana. Welcome to yet another edition of Golic and Smetty. I am Mike Golic Sr. She is Jess Smetana. And Jess, we are getting closer and closer and closer to football season. The, the biggest downer is after the Super Bowl. And then the biggest upper is when training camps start. All that being said, we are going to start by talking about your vacation. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I am I am just amazed at the story I heard from you. So at this point, and and could be plus or minus. I'm I'm, I'm trying to see the data on this. There have been 26 shark attack bites in the U.S. this year. 13 in Florida, three in Hawaii, five in New York, two in South Carolina. Two provoked no fatal attacks. Jess. I know you're on vacation. You can tell us all about your vacation, but I want to hear about the part where you just exited the water and all of a sudden there was a shark bite. I want to hear about the people that are provoking sharks in the ocean. What does that even mean? You know what that reminds me of, Jess? It's it's the people that go to Yellowstone Park and try and take selfies with the bison, right? They walk up to the bison and take selfies, and then they get dragged and we're supposed to feel bad for them. You know yeah. what? I don't feel bad for you when you do that. <laughs> and if you provoke a shark, you get what you get. But what happened in your situation? Okay, so I was on my little beach vacation, uh, just enjoying the the waves. It was so hot. It's so hot everywhere right now in yeah. the U.S. It was, I think, that with the heat index, like 110 degrees on this day. And so, naturally, I spent most of my afternoon in the ocean. Um, and I like to go in you know, fairly deep. I like to get my shoulders underwater. So like I'm in up to my neck, right? Like not super deep. I'm not swimming around in there, but you know, there's lifeguards there. Like I've been in this ocean a million times. I've seen some jellyfish. I've seen some stingrays. Sometimes you get brushed up by a fish, never seen a shark before. So anyways, I got out of the ocean and I'm laying on my towel and in true uh, stereotypical form, Mike, I am zoned out watching TikToks on my beach towel. And one of my friends says, something's going on over there. And I was like, what do you mean? And I look and there is a huge crowd around this guy on the beach. And all these uh, like lifeguards are around and all these people are around. Everyone's out of the water. And I noticed like I, th- I had just missed like what had happened because I was on TikTok. But I noticed that 
the lifeguard is whistling people out of the water, which will happen occasionally if there's something, you know, someone's in too deep or there's something there, like a stingray or something. And so I thought he maybe stepped on a stingray. It, It happens occasionally. But then I... I hear sirens, which you never hear when you're on the beach, right? Like, I'm used to hearing sirens all the time in Miami, but I'm like, wow, I have never heard that here before. And EMTs, like, rush onto the beach, and they start taking care of this guy. And he's maybe, like, 40, 50 yards away from me. Like, not a not a full football field, but, you know, close enough that I could kind of see what's going on. He gets – they, like, put him into the, the van. They – make sure like no one can see what's going on pretty much like the lifeguards did a really good job and then i heard someone ask one of the lifeguards like what happened and he was like i can't say and i was like well what are are you his doctor like what do you mean you can't say like i feel like i should know what the threat is if i go in the water but that's besides the point so it wasn't until like a day later when i saw on twitter um the local newspaper where i was vacationing said that, that it was a shark attack and they didn't let anyone else in the water for the rest of the day there so I have a few questions. One, yeah. if a shark bites somebody on your beach, how in the hell are you not supposed to tell people? How, how, I, I thought I, that was so weird, right? That seems ridiculous. That seems that seems like against the law. I mean, that, that doesn't <laughs> seem right. I mean, a shark just attacked. Now, I know they weren't letting anybody else back in the water, so nobody was going to get bit again, but... I mean, seriously, I I wonder if he didn't want to say it or I wonder if he didn't want to say it or if he wasn't allowed to say it. It's a good question. I will admit to being lazy and trying to make my cousin go figure out what was going on. You didn't go over there. You didn't walk over there. Oh, I was still I everyone was like kind of being told to like stay back. Like they didn't want people close, which I totally understand. And I don't know if if this person is even okay. I haven't seen any follow-up stories, so like I have to assume he's fine because you probably would hear a news story if something yeah. more serious had happened. I don't know, though, for sure. That's just my me purely speculating. But I told my cousin, I was like, hey, go go over there. Go figure out what happened. And everyone was so hot and lazy and tired. He turns to me and goes, just make up a story in your head. It'll be better than whatever really happened. Oh and I was my like, God. <laughs> excuse me. So I tried to make my little cousin go be a you know, reporter <laughs> and go figure it out. But and instead, I ended up just eavesdropping on all the other conversations happening around. And yeah, it sounded like... Maybe a small shark bit this guy lower leg somewhere. He seemed to be in pain, and that's the yeah. that's the, the latest news. Yeah, that's all I've heard about it. And so, I think they let people back in the beach the next day. So again, questions. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, remember when Florida was having a shark attack a day? It was all over the news. Oh, I saw what, videos was, of it, like right next yeah. to the shore. Yeah. So was there nothing you it's not like that was your last day there. So did you not hear anything at night on the news or was there nothing. no reporting of it? Nothing, nothing. And I don't know why it's so weird, because like you said, there's I've seen stories about shark attacks in Long Island all summer, too, because right. it seems like it's been happening there a lot. And also, Mike, it's I think this week is Shark Week, which yes, I don't it know is. If you partake in Shark Love week, Shark Week. It every year when I come back from the beach, Shark Week is usually like the next week, and then I vow to never go back in the ocean, and then I usually forget about it until the next Shark Week, and at that point I've swam in the ocean like several times. So, yeah, it was a little weird timing, a little freaky. I also saw a preview for the new uh, sequel to The Meg when yeah. I went to see Barbie last night. So I'm just like really freaked out by sharks right now. I don't know when the next time I'll go in the ocean will be. So we're going to get into Barbie because I saw it as well. 
Uh, so we'll have a breakdown of that. But I, I so this I, I think this is uh, where you and I differ a bit. You you are given the choice. You are a ocean girl, not a pool girl. I'm I will go anywhere. I so what the, do you prefer? The, if you only have a choice, if you can go into the ocean on the beach and, and swim in the ocean or go lay by the pool and swim in the pool. So it depends because I really like beach activities. My family is like I'm, you know, my great great grandmother and grandfather were born in Italy. So everyone in my family, all the older generations play beach bocce and they've like recruited me to be in on the annual beach bocce game. I really like that. I really like playing spike ball. Have you ever played spike ball on the beach? Jess, if I were 30 years younger, because if I tried to play spike ball now, I would I would injure myself. We made my dad play with us. Oh, and it, yeah. I mean, we were both bad, but he he was not a, he was not graceful. Like you can tell when you play sports with someone who is like cognizant that they don't want to get injured, that, yep. you know, they fall a certain way. Yeah, he did that. It was very like. I don't know. I, I don't want to say like Tom Brady esque because Tom Brady's probably more graceful. But <laughs> it was very funny. But um, I really like beach games and activities. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it just depends. I, I also love drinking a, a nice drink, a nice you know high noon or whatever on the beach. So see, I, I don't. Like them both. I, I, I like everything. I am. I don't like the beach, and you know why? I don't like, yeah, yeah. yeah but you live in Arizona. You're in the desert. I, you're I know. Surrounded by it. That is very true. But I mean, just what you talked about, how hot it was. And by the way, my daughter Sydney, who was pregnant and due in November, her and her husband live out in Arizona. It's been like a record over 110 for like a month or something. Jesus. And she's like, and she's like, yeah, great. When I'm pregnant, I, you know, it's hot <laughs> as hell. I'm but, just worried about the dogs. Are uh, they okay? Well, yeah. well, believe me, they're they're fine. Those <laughs> dogs live live just just fine. Um, I, I am I'm not a fan of because if you're going to the beach, normally it's a hot day. Normally you're going to sweat, and especially where you were, there's humidity, so you're going to be sweating, and then the the sand sticks to you. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, there's sand in places I don't want there to be sand that I got to clean out later. Yeah, that's true. I got I got no no love for the sand and. Man, the ocean, that's for the stingrays, the jellyfish, the sharks, and any other thing that could possibly hurt me. I'll swim in a lake. I don't mind a lake. Now, again, oh, it's I possible, possibly crocodiles snakes. and snakes. I, yeah. I get it. But I am not a fan of the – have you ever been popped by a jellyfish or a stingray? Yes, I have. It was small, so it was not, like, really an event. And and contrary to popular belief, the lifeguards did not pee on me. They just, like, right. spray you with vinegar and neutralize the sting, and then you're pretty much fine afterwards. I, I would try it and say, listen, the best thing for you is me peeing on you right now, and then just try and hold my <laughs> laughter in. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. There are more hazards at the beach than in a pool, but – I really enjoy the beach. And the thing about the sand is I have a little like system now where when I go into the salt water, I go right back up to wherever there's like a, you know, like a little shower to rinse off. Right. Rinse right. all the salt water and the sand off. And then I, I kind of like keep myself from getting too sandy. Okay. And I have like my own system for not getting sand and everything. Like put a lot of things in plastic bags, etc. And it doesn't really bother me, honestly. Like if it's great for your skin, it's great for your hair. I just really enjoy the salt water. Okay, so to close on this conversation, and we'll get into my my golf in Tahoe or my lack of golf skills in Tahoe. <laughs> so just so I understand, you're yeah. on the beach. There is a crowd of people on the shore where something obviously happened, 
EMTs are coming to the site and you would not get up off your ass from watching TikTok and go see what was going on. Mike, the scarier thing is I'm not sure if I would have known a shark attack happened had someone sitting next to me not been like, hey, something just happened. I think I would have just sat there and scrolled TikTok until the entire beach cleared out and just looked up an hour later and been like, huh, why is no one in the water? So was it wrong when we rip your generation for those kind of actions? <laughs> hey, I was in the zone. I was relaxing. All the stereotypes are true. It's not wrong, but, you know, I'll rip you right back. <laughs> well, but, so all in all, I'm glad you weren't the one that, that caught the shark to the foot uh, and, and weren't attacked there. Can you there. imagine? Though, well, I mean, I it, mean quite I honestly, what, like, it, would be great would for, it would be great for content uh, on the yeah, show. Yeah, I figured you would say that. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, I would have thought you'd have thought a little bit more about that instead of, you know, being as selfish as you were. But that's a whole other question for a whole other day. So... While you're doing that, I'm in Tahoe at the American Century Classic, this, this great golf tournament that I've always wanted to play in and I finally got a chance to play in. And Jess, I'll tell you what, it, it lives up to the, to the hype. I mean, it is, it's a fantastic tournament. I enjoyed it very much. And uh, I golfed like crap the first couple. It's a three-day tournament. I golfed like crap the first two days and I golfed better the – the last day, if I get invited back, I, I swear I'll do better. So we'll wait and see. But I did get to golf with a couple of people. Because people always say, oh, my God, what athlete do you want to see there? And I said, I don't care about seeing any athlete. I said, I either know them or have had them on my show. That they, You know, I, I know them. It just, so, so it does Humble nothing crap, for yeah. me. I, there's no, oh, my God, I can't wait to meet this athlete. But entertainers or actors and actresses, that's a different story because that's not uh -huh. my world. So the first day I did, and as I said, my wife and I go to bed every night and watch Everybody Loves Raymond. And I did golf the first round with Ray Romano. So that wow. it was me, me, Ray Romano, and Mike Vrabel. Uh, okay. Vrabel, Vrabel hits the ball a ton, by the way. Oh, my <laughs> God. He is good. And Ray Romano, and, and it's one of those things, I've, I don't know if you've ever run into it, where you want to meet somebody, and then you meet them, and they're an ass, and you're like, oh, God, that kind of ruins everything for me. So there's always that kind of, kind of, ah, boy, I hope they're, and Ray was phenomenal. What a great guy. His kids were with him. He, he had me, he asked if I would break down the Jets to his kids on what kind of season they would have. <laughs> but, I mean, Jess, I'm telling you, that was so cool. And then the second day was, was, more in my field, it was Steve Young and Catherine Tappan, who I, I know, obviously, both of them pretty mm -hmm. well. So that was fun. The third day was two actors, Chase Crawford and Miles Teller. So, wow. Yeah. That you Chase, golfed with Miles Teller? Yes. Chase Crawford. I don't know if anybody watches The Boys, uh, one of the shows I watch on all the streaming stuff. He's in The Boys. He's the deep. Chase Crawford, young, good-looking dude. I mean, geez, oh, man, between him and Miles Teller. And then, yeah, Miles Teller. You know, I, I golf with both of them. Very and, and, again, very happy to report, just good guys, good dudes. Very nice guys. Just a pleasure to walk with and talk with. You know, and I, I didn't embarrass myself for my family name by, you know, asking about a certain scene or – you know, did you say this or did you do? Because I, I, some guy back here in, in South Bend, I was working out and he's like, oh, you golfed in that thing. Uh, who'd you golf with? And I said, blah, 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 and Miles Teller. Oh, did you ask him about the F-16s or ask him about? <laughs> I said, no, 
No. I said he gets that from fans as he's walking around. I said, I'm not going to do that. I just, we're talking about families and life and, and, you know, the professions and things like that. But let me tell you, there are tons of people there. And that was the day I was the most invisible. Right? Yeah, well, you were golfing with the star from Gossip Girl and Miles Teller. Exactly. I'm walking. So you walk through these just line of people, and people are like, hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. How you doing, Mike? And, you know, just (laughs) – and the amount of probably 15 to 40-year-old women that are lining up there, it got to the point, Jess, where I was just walking through them saying – Chase and Miles are right behind me. They'll be here in a minute. They'll be here in a minute. I mean, but those guys, listen, they've been in that, that situation before. They were great with it. You know, took pictures, signed autographs and everything. It was, uh, it was very, very cool. And that 17th hole is all you would, you would, would, would see on TV. It's exactly yeah. it. I hit a tee shot there. I went over to, into the beach area. I picked up a vat of fireball and just turned on the nozzle. <laughs> and fireball started pouring down my throat. I mean shooting beers it was it was something else it was a lot of fun it sounds like you were living your best life i will i really wanted to make like a miles teller uh baby driver joke but i remembered that's ansel elgort and i get them confused all the yeah. time yeah that like, would have been oh, bad if he, i did that did pull out his baby driver on the 17th no it didn't work anyways yeah. it sounds like you were living your best life mike i'm very jealous are, yeah. are you you think you're gonna get an invite back next year i I hope I don't know because it's not really about you get golf. Plus one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and and oh by the way, Stugatz did caddy for me on day one. He caddied the front nine for me, carried my bag, the whole thing before he left for the three last dead concerts in San Francisco. Oh God! Uh, but he actually did a pretty good job. So you were on vacay, living your best life. I was in Tahoe, living my best life, and the women's national soccer team is starting, starting to live their best life again. Can they repeat it? We're going to talk about that next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jess, uh, you know, my son Mike brought this up, and and I really think he's right. There may not be a more communal fan experience than Olympic or World Cup men's and women's soccer, where you literally will get people who never met each other in a bar arm in arm, buying each other drinks and just waiting for, in this case, the women's team to beat their next opponent. And I think I agree. I I, I can't think of another, you know, there's the regional stuff with your NFL team or college team, but I can't think of anything nationally. Mike said he was, when he was in LA, he said he was just getting out of an Uber, going into a bar when I guess the women scored their third goal against Vietnam. They won three nothing in that game. And he said the eruption was just unbelievable. It really made him think there may not be another sport outside, you know, with, again, Olympics and World Cup where you get that kind of country communal feeling. Yeah, it's hard to think of another team that is as popular as the U.S. Women's National Team is when it's a World Cup year, right? Like everyone yep. wants to be part of the history that they're making. And it's it seems like you want to be like – 
friends with them and like part of the fun that they're having. I remember after they won the 2019 World Cup and it was their you know back to back win. Um, the videos that they were posting and like the celebration they were having afterward, I think gave all of the fans collective FOMO that they weren't on the team. Um, and I feel like something similar will happen again if they're able to pull it off, which no team has ever done. Like you said, three-peating is exceedingly difficult to do. So we will see about that. But they did win their first match, and that was you know the first test with a team that has not played together right. very much up until well, this point. It was interesting. And then, and then I think about 30 seconds in, Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity Rodman, went down, and I thought, Oh my God! Could you imagine if she was really hurt? She wasn't. She went off and she came back on. But I, I thought, yeah. I mean, I was panicking. I saw yeah. Megan Rapinoe start to warm up like thirty seconds it, in. Exactly. Which is yeah. I mean, it was. It could have been really bad. But this World Cup and especially like this team has been riddled with some pretty major injuries and injury scares coming into the World Cup. So it wouldn't have really like surprised anyone for yeah. that to happen. One of the best players on the team, Mallory Swanson, is is out. For right. the entire World Cup because she had a devastating knee injury a few months ago. So this team has definitely dealt with injury issues, and that would have been a really bad one to happen 30 seconds into the first game. Luckily, she was okay. It's also interesting that because of, um, you know, the, the casual fan that watches and tunes in every World Cup or, or every uh, Olympic is you get to know certain players on the team and then all of a sudden, it's a bunch of new ones. And, and that's where we are with this Women's World Cup. I mean, you have Megan Rapinoe and Kelly O'Hara, who have been on this team forever. They're subbing now. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to get some minutes a game, and that's it. Alex Morgan, another obviously very recognizable name. She's starting out there. But there are so many new faces. You follow it more than I do. So when I sat down and watched, it was I loved any story that kind of introduced me to these new women who were on the team because, I mean, it is it is about a big – you tell me. It seems to be about a big a changeover as we've seen. Yeah, I think there is a lot to be excited about, too, with the new faces on the team. They're all so far playing really well. And I think, like, any issue that the team might have is going to be an issue of, like, positioning and, and chemistry and things that, like – don't involve them not having the talent. Like, this team has so much talent and so much extremely young talent. Sophia Smith, who scored the first two goals in the game and assisted the third goal, is an absolute star. She's a star in the NWSL. Uh, Naomi Gurma, who played in the back line with Julie Ertz, who is playing center back because of another player injury, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, who wasn't able to be on the team this this round because of an injury. Um, she played really, really well, looked super comfortable back there. And there's a few players that like have only played a couple games with this squad, and they're now starting on the, the World Cup roster. So, I mean, Trinity Rodman, like you mentioned, is a superstar in women's soccer. Um, so it's really cool to see her out there yeah. getting a start in the World Cup. And, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a weird – like transitional year where you do have some of the veteran stars like Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan and Kelly O'Hara on the team. And in four years, I think those players that I just mentioned, the young stars are going to really like hit their stride and be like in their prime. And it's, it's I, as excited I am for this world cup. Like this team is very, their trajectory is yeah, going straight yeah. up with this young talent. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love it when we kick the crap out of people around the country. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that it, it's just so much fun to root for. I, I left out another name that we know, and maybe now part 
Uh, they're a power couple, and maybe there's another one. You mentioned Sophia Smith with the first couple of goals. I believe she's dating a wide receiver from the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And also you have Julie Ertz, who's married to Zach Ertz, you know, mm -hmm. it's a tight end in the NFL, so a power couple there. And I didn't mention Julie Ertz earlier. She's a name that we know as well, and she's out there uh, starting as well. So the women play the Netherlands next. That'll be the toughest, should be the toughest game in their in in the group stage, correct? I mean, Vietnam. Yeah. We knew they were gonna they were gonna Vietnam. I heard that their goal is to score one goal in this. In this. Yeah, that's what they said on yeah. the broadcast. And yeah. like credit to them, their keeper yeah. had an amazing yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. could not finish many of the chances that I think fans would expect them to finish. And I think a lot of that was just because uh, Vietnam was stuffing the box and their keeper had a lot of really great saves. So, yeah, they I think they really need to win against the Netherlands. And then the three-point goal differential won't matter as much. And then right. after they play the Netherlands, they'll play Portugal next week. So um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that next Tuesday. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And aside from the U.S., there's a, a ton of talent in this World Cup. It's going to be – the knockout rounds are going to be yeah. really, really cool to watch. Yeah, looking forward to it. Again, uh, maybe the best communal fan sport there is right now. So we have a lot more of it as, as our U.S. women are just one game in. Again, taking on Netherlands next. There's, there's more news in the world of soccer. And I know you are on vacay, but you're down in Miami – uh, with with the metal art group down there and Miami it was a buzz with Lionel Messi signing with Miami down there in the MLS uh, foregoing the the Saudi you know team that he got offered to which we'll get to because another player got offered an ungodly amount of money uh, to play there but Messi shows up first game free kick in extra time and he wins it I mean what I don't know how much you've been down there if you just got back or, or what the scene has been like down there with him well, I should we should clarify. Messi's in Fort Lauderdale, technically, Mike. I don't know if you know, but their stadium is technically not in Miami. Yeah, so, I know. I know. But listen, when I was with the Dolphins, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, most of us lived in Fort Lauderdale, so I, I know that. Yeah, I'm just I get kidding. It. I think I think South Florida is very excited that Messi is here. Um, this is like a there has been so much exciting sports stuff happening in South Florida this year with the final four and the women making the elite eight tournament and obviously the Panthers and the heat both making the finals in the NBA and NHL playoffs. Um, and now this is like one other thing. So I, yeah, I know we, we joke about Miami being, you know, a, a not super engaged sports town, but it seems that like people are really, really thrilled about inner Miami having a, a star on their team. Like the, games are going to be sold out for the rest of the season as long as he's playing in them. I'm sure the ticket prices are through the roof. Yeah. I, I read that um, the average ticket cost has gone up from like $30 to $400 or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, people are really, really excited about it. Um, and shout out to our, our buddy Chris Whittingham, who was uh, used to be on the Levitard show with us doing the radio call for Messi. Yeah. I didn't watch the game because I was watching the U.S. versus Vietnam game, but it gave me goosebumps watching him score that, you know, send off game winner goal. Very cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And you had some of the stars there. Obviously, LeBron James was there and Serena Williams uh, was there as well. And I'm sure there were plenty of others because we know in Miami, it's all about being seen, you know, <laughs> at these <laughs> at these festivities. But uh, that was very cool. And, you know, the one thing we've never really gotten a handle on, Jess, is because we will, when we talk about Mbappe, I as far as money, 
is the money Messi is making there because it seems to be tied in with Apple TV, you know, and others who are footing mm-hmm. the bill. We don't. Has there ever been a number thrown around out there of of what we think he's actually making? I don't know exactly what it is because, like you said, it's a it's a it's a complicated deal. He's probably getting some amount of equity in Inter Miami. Um, and it's not like he chose Inter Miami because he'd be making the highest salary. I think he chose Inter Miami because it was the best like forward thinking business right. decision. Um, and also he wanted to he would rather play in MLS in Florida than play in Saudi Arabia. He cited his family as being, you know, not wanting to move to Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much he got paid also for the potentially viral Publix marketing stunt. I don't yeah. know if you saw that, yes. but, um, yes. you know, that's probably worth a couple, a couple million dollars in, uh, I would Twitter agree. revenue. <laughs> so, so let me, let me ask you this. I was talking with my son about this a little bit because we, you know, over the years we've, we've been, especially from the men's side now that we're talking about that the men's side is so behind the women's side and the men, you know, we've seen them not make world cups and maybe their best team will be in 26. We'll see. But a lot of youth soccer, as they get older, they leave that sport and go to other sports. So I'm wondering what will happen first. Is can like can we keep one of our young stars in the MLS like a Polisic instead of him going overseas, or will we get a star like Messi or Beckham when he was the, I believe the first to do it when they're more in their prime coming to play in the MLS. You know what I mean? It's still MLS is still and and right I would say rightfully so because soccer's so much bigger in other parts of the world. But mm-hmm. we it seems we it's tougher to keep our young talent here and the talent we get from overseas is when they're kind of coming to the end of their career. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think one thing that the Premier League and a lot of the leagues abroad have that the MLS doesn't have is like a hundred plus year history right. and the tradition and the types of things that we have with a lot of our other major sports that MLS as a newer league, I think they're in their 30th-ish year right now, they don't really have yet. And I think MLS is extremely popular, but it's it's competing with things that are bigger and longer standing institutions in the US versus in, you know, abroad where soccer, like you said, is like the main thing. It's the thing that people grow up with. It's the thing that their parents grew up with. It's the thing that their grandparents grew up with. Um, so there's just a different level of like longstanding history and tradition there. Um, I'm not sure what will happen first. Um, but I mean, like all things, it comes down to money. If, yeah. if Apple is, you know, getting involved in these types of deals and players can get equity and things that they find are good investments, um, yeah, maybe it'll happen sooner than you think. So speaking of money, my God, I, I, I still wonder at times where the hell does soccer get all this money? Now, in this case, it's Saudi money, and. The, the, this has been out here for a little bit. The, the Saudi team, Al-Hilal, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, has offered a record $332 million fee for Mbappe that would break the record of Neymar, who had uh, his fee was $262 million. And then the report is paying him just $776 million in salary, of which I believe $110 million would have been paid in a signing bonus and then the rest in salary, and he would join... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on that team. And by the way, Ronaldo wants to get the hell out of there. Uh, But word is Mbappe is going to turn that offer down. But I mean, 
just seeing those numbers for playing a sport, A, tells you how much money some people have in this case, and because I don't know how they're making that money back, and B, to sit there and, and actually say, no, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> right. He's he's currently in a, a contract standoff with right. PSG Mbappe, where he plays right now. So, yeah, this is definitely I, – I mean, I'm sure he's using it for leverage, right? Yeah. He'll yeah. probably be able to use it in some way. I'm not exactly sure how, like I, – I know there's transfer fees and international soccer and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a crazy amount of money, Mike, like you said, but I, we've seen other players like Messi turn it down because they don't want to relocate there yep. and they're interested in other places and other endeavors. So, I mean, the, the president has been sent, but at the same time, uh, we have seen a lot of players go to Saudi Arabia to play, including, uh, Kareem Benzema, uh, and Roberto Firmino. So, yeah, this is definitely something that's going – it's going to happen again. There's going to be another player that's going to get a big offer as they try to accrue more talent in their league. It's kind of like live, right? You know, with Saudis trying – you know, everybody – you know, we talk of the sports washing with Saudis, you know, history um, uh, and, uh, of what they have in the world and, and trying to kind of hide it in the money that they're paying to, to – for athletics and this being part of it, live being part of it, and some players taking it, like you mentioned, and the live golfers, what we went through. And, and I think at the end of the day, it all just gets forgotten, right? I mean, because how many times have we brought up, you know, China and the NBA, and then it gets brought up and everybody screams and yells, and then everybody sits back down and we just go on. So, I mean, it, it's like if somebody wants to make a – a personal decision that they don't like what's happening in Saudi Arabia and they don't want to do it, that's fine. But if somebody takes some money, they may catch some grief for a bit. But then it all seems to settle down, Jess. Everybody seems to say, you know, okay, we just kind of forget it and we move on to the next thing. We have very short attention spans, I think. What? What would you say? <laughs> yeah. As demonstrated by me scrolling TikTok on the beach. Yes, that, that's attack. exactly right. Well, that's monster money in soccer uh, there was a pittance of money compared that was offered in the NFL that got a guy back into camp. We'll discuss that next. All right, Jess, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in the soccer side of it. And then in the NFL side of it, I always get a kick out of NFL free agency when you see big money, and I'm doing air quotes, go around. And then these NFL players see free agency in the NBA and they go, Oh, my God. Okay, that's really big money. And God forbid they even look at soccer. They need to all turn away uh, when that money's going around. But it's been going on now for, for a bit, Jess, the whole running backs in the NFL situation, that their value has gone down. And not, not you know, just saying, oh, we think their value is going down. Their value is going down. They're, they're being offered less and making less than they've made. And it's a problem to the point where a lot of the running backs got on a Zoom call, the better running backs, to complain about it. And as, as I've already talked about a ton, there's really no solution uh, at this point. There's, there's possibilities here and there, but nothing is going to be concrete uh, for a while. They're just going to be very mad for a while that they're the lowest paid uh, position group uh, out there on the field, uh, just under the tight ends. But the Saquon Barkley thing, so Saquon Barkley, was we weren't sure, was he going to hold out? Was he not going to hold out? He has not signed the $10.1 million franchise offer, just like Josh Jacobs from the Raiders had not. 
Uh, so we still don't know what he's going to do as camp is getting ready to open. But now we learn of the Saquon deal where the one thing we've always talked about, Jess, was once July 17th hit, you couldn't negotiate anymore on a long-term deal. So you mm-hmm. had to play for what you had to play for. So I would imagine a lot of people kind of were scratching their heads when they said Saquon signs a one-year deal for more basically more than the franchise tag. And I think a lot of people are like, what the hell is going on? There is a, you are allowed to do a one-year deal, okay? His base salary is still the $10.1 million franchise tag, but they added $900,000 in incentives. And as part of the 10-1, $2 million will be given to him right now. So mm-hmm. you can finagle it a little bit of a way, but that makes him, I guess, happy enough to report. And, and I've heard... People talking about he's a, he, he lost in this situation. It's a bad situation for him. I just wonder, as all this has kind of evolved, what, what you think? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, so I missed a lot of the, like, running back yeah. grievance discourse on vacation last week. Um, it seems like kind of a neutral. Like, it's not like a, a, a lose-lose or a win-lose. Like, both sides got something out of this, right? right? Like, right. the Giants – need Saquon Barkley, yes. but he didn't have a lot of leverage to negotiate back with the Giants. Um, they don't have any any backup players on offense that could no. fill the gap that he would, uh, you know, inevitably leave if he wasn't playing the season. Um, at the same time, he is a running back. And like you said, we know that their value is not as high as it used to be. So, in holding out, it hasn't worked out for a lot of players in the past that have tried to do this, especially at that position. Um, he is making more than he would have made on the franchise tag. I saw that there there were there were some speculation that he would sign a contract that would have a clause in it that he wouldn't be tagged for next season. It looks like that's not the case. He nope. did not sign. There is no such thing in his contract. Um, a second tag in 2024 would be. 120% increase on his 2023 salary. Um, I'm not sure if there's really like a, this doesn't set any sort of like future precedent no. up for running back. So I'm not sure what the upshot of like the zoom call and all of that was other than, a, you know, way of guys showing solidarity with the other players in their position group who are going through a similar thing. But yeah, I don't know. What what do you make of all well, of this? I mean, listen, it was a bitch session is what it was. And I don't blame them. Listen, they're the only position whose value has gone down and their money has gone down. I want to see everybody get paid. I'd love to see him make money. And now Saquon is third behind as far as this year and the money uh, behind Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. So we'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, who had signed the franchise tag, so he'd be fine if he doesn't show up uh, to camp. Jess, I've talked about this for a while now. I I don't see an out, especially if it involves the CBA, because the CBA is in in effect for another seven years. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to jump in and renegotiate things in the CBA for the running backs. They're just not going to. So there are different ways that you hear, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds as far as um, players and, and who who exceed their draft position by playing more than you would think if you're a seventh-round pick and you end up being a starter. There's a player pool of money where you get extra money because of that. Again, I don't want to dive too deep into it. There, there is a pool of money that – 
They can maybe finagle, possibly, because it wouldn't involve the CBA at all. I doubt that's going to happen. I'm not sure what the answer is going to be. You know, it's a situation where, unfortunately, unlike, you know, Zach Martin holding out, you're not going to say, well, go ahead and sit, Zach. We'll put in the backup, and he's going to be just as good as you. Chris Jones holding out the D-tackle for Kansas City. Go ahead, Chris, keep holding holding out. Whoever we put in will be better than you. We've seen that at the running back position. Mm-hmm. We saw you know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a, a, a top pick for the Chiefs a couple of years ago, get beat out by a seventh-rounder in Isaiah Pacheco. So that happens. You know, yeah. the Giants signed James Robinson at running back, Cole Beasley for the slot to try and, if they weren't going to have Saquon, now they do have the added bonus of Saquon, to try and fill the void. Because Saquon tied for the team lead in receptions by either being the main uh, uh, receiver on a route or, you know, the outlet, you know, for Daniel Jones, who did, isn't throwing the ball that far down the field and only had 15 touchdowns. So I don't know the answer to this. I wish I knew an answer to this. I wish they could all get paid more. But the other thing that hurts them is they get hurt. Right. Saquon has gone through injury. A lot of these running backs have gone through injuries as well. So I don't know the answer. But let me just say this. Having been involved for the league for nine years, having been involved in CBAs, having been involved in strikes. The one thing that people keep bringing up is, well, maybe the other position should give up some of their money to help the running backs. Let me just say unequivocally That will never freaking happen, okay? It's not going to happen. If you got a money issue, you got a money issue. I respect your money issue. If Saquon held out, nobody on that team would be mad at him because he's trying to get his. But in him trying to get his, somebody comes to you and say, hey, will you give up some of yours? The answer is, hell no. That's like that interview with Liam Neeson. (laughs) <laughs> who they're, they're talking about yeah. equal pay with the women and the men. And he was asked, would you give up? Some, would you take a pay cut? He's like, pay cut. No, no. Now, now you've gone too far. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that is the inherent nature of football, though. The average uh, career span of a football player is a lot shorter than in yes. other sports. The risk of injury is a lot higher than in other sports. There is a hard salary cap, so there isn't a room for you know money kind of just falling out of the sky without it coming from someone else. Um, that is the nature of the sport and how the contracts and salaries are set up. It is done intentionally, and um, yeah, it, I agree with you. I'm not sure what the upshot is other than Saquon will be playing for the Giants. They yeah. they need him. Like he's an important part of their offense, certainly. Um, they wouldn't, I don't think they are as good of a team without him, even though they, you know, maybe were trying to fill some of that, that hole with other players. But, um, yeah, he's, he's not signing a monster multi-year guaranteed deal because of the position he plays in and that sucks. And yeah, I don't know what the solution is. And as you said, it's a key to know he did not, he did not get in that deal that he can't be tagged next year. You know, that's something possibly Josh Jacobs might try and do if he does this one-year deal thing like Saquon. Could he get it in the deal that you don't tag me the next year? We'll We'll have to wait and see. But, again, right now the only way, and I don't even know if it's going to work, is is dipping into that player performance pool. Right Mm -hmm. now I think it's $336 million. But even when you're doing that, if you're giving the running backs more, somebody is getting less. So that's just – I'm just telling you – that kind of stuff just does not fly 
uh, very well with, with players in the NFL. So time will tell. They're in a bad spot right now. Maybe it's cyclical. Maybe the, for the running back, it could come back down. The one thing I'll say is defenses have gone a little smaller because they're rushing the passer more. They take a linebacker out, put another DB in. So maybe if you run the ball better, you could you, we'd start getting to a little more of a running game again, possibly. But the, but the bottom line is the quarterbacks are running extremely well. Uh, so that hurts the running backs as well. But good news, Saquon in camp. Giants need that. He's their best player. Uh, so, you know, between the Giants and the Cowboys and the Eagles for that NFC East, uh, that should be one heck of a uh, heck of a race there. All right, uh, coming up, there's two hu- – I mean, who goes back to the theater anymore? But, man, there's a couple of movies out there that have just done incredibly well. Jess and I saw one of them. Our report next. All right, Jess, <clears throat> enough about sports. Running backs. Enough about running backs. <laughs> enough about football. Enough about football. Uh, enough about all that. You know, we got plenty of time for it. But, I, you know, since COVID hit, I mean, the world obviously has changed. And one of the obviously comparatively unbelievably minor things is movie theaters basically became non-existent. And we've been kind of been waiting for what's going to come back that's going to bring people back to the movie theaters. And, I mean, two movies that are 180 in, in the way they project <laughs> Barbie and Oppenheimer um, to, to the point where they actually had double features where you could watch them back to back. They are out. They're the first two movies that both did over 80 million in their first weekend. Barbie did like 150. Oppenheimer did 80. I saw Barbie with my wife. You saw Barbie as well. My son Mike saw Barbie. The floor is yours, Jess. What did you think of Barbie? I had such high expectations for Barbie, Mike. Everyone told me I would love it. I love Greta Gerwig. She directed Lady Bird, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, So also Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie, people that I love in this movie. My expectations were through the roof, and it exceeded my expectations. It was so funny and campy and perfect. I loved it. I want to see it again already. What did you think? I, Jess, I loved it. I I loved it. And, and... It really hurt me is a wrong word. I guess it didn't surprise me either of where we are in this country when you go on Twitter and people that find the little, somebody actually freeze framed the world map that they used in this and started criticizing things on it. I'm like, what kind of life do you have to have when you are taking a Barbie world map and criticizing what's on it? In my eyes, what kind of loser do you have to be? Oh, what? what was, I did not see that. Oh, my God, Jess. <laughs> it's unreal what people were saying about from the feminist side to the men's side and ripping this movie. I'm like, my God, people, it's Barbie. Okay, I mean, Oppenheimer, listen, that's based around a true story. I mean, that's a deep movie, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. But my God, you know what? I, one of the things I laughed at, Jess, when the suits went into Barbie land at the end, and Will Ferrell is the CEO, by the way. Was he phenomenal. was so funny. So funny. <laughs> but one of the suits, when the men were having their fight, one of the suits got hit by the suction cup arrow. Yes. And the next time you saw him, he was in a sling. Yes. I mean, stuff like that just had me dying. It I was, agree. It was fantastic. Ryan Gosling was great. The the narrator who was it? Uh, um, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren w- w- was and and when Margot Robbie said she like felt ugly or something, and all of a sudden Helen goes, "Well, then don't cast Margot Robbie." As, <laughs> you know, this is, it was it was just so good. It was I, I loved it. 
I'm not one of those that dives. I'm an inch deep and a mile wide. I love watching something for the entertainment value of it. I love Margot Robbie. I love Ryan Gosling and some of the others that were in it. I just thought it was it was really, really good. I thought America Ferrera was yes. so good. She was probably one of the best best performances. She gives like a a monologue in the middle of the movie yes. where she's trying to like deprogram the Barbies um, that I thought was like so well said. And especially like it, it hit me like it hit me like very uh deep in my soul, Mike, because I think a lot of the things that she says in this like Barbie monologue, like, and it's supposed to be like a silly movie, but it is addressing a very like legitimate, you know, societal uh, issues, mainly of feminism and the patriarchy and toxic masculinity, et cetera, et cetera. But it did hit me in the feels because a lot of the things she was describing are things that I encounter daily uh, as a person working in a predominantly male field, Mike, and not to sound so stereotypical, but I did really enjoy her and her role. I thought Kate McKinnon was very funny. I thought Michael Sarah was very weird Oh, he was great. As, I didn't know about Alan. Alan, friend of Ken, but fits in all his clothes. I had no idea. Me too. Also, so Mattel, who created Barbie, was a co-producer on this film. And so I was very skeptical going into this if this was going to be Mattel propaganda or Barbie propaganda or, um, you know, like extremely over the top, like apologizing for Barbie kind of thing um, to make Mattel look good or better, whatever. Um, I felt that it like totally walked the line without crossing it in those terms. I thought it was done very smartly. There were certain things that I was surprised Mattel as a co uh, producer was like, yeah, you can, you can put this out there. That's fine. Um, Cause it made them look kind of bad at some points and as they should, because that's the whole topic of the movie, right? Like they created this toy that every girl would want to aspire to, but is an unrealistic beauty standard that ended up hurting young girls and women. So yeah, there's a lot of layers to it, but I really, really enjoyed oh, it. Oh, and, and the the first twist that I thought was really good was Margot Robbie thought she was going to the real world for the kid, for America Forever's, for America Forever's kid, and it turned out to be for her, which kind of fits because, in all honesty, Barbie is not your era, Jess. Barbie no. is more my era. Yeah, you know? I, I was and, a little a little old for Barbies. I had a I had an action figure Frodo from the Lord of the Rings trilogy that I used to play with, and he had like a little cape and like a little sword um, sting. It blo- it would glow blue if there was an orc nearby. You press a little button. So that was my favorite toy growing up. I didn't really play with Barbies, but like you said, the generation yes. probably a little bit older than me. Yeah, yeah. That was like the thing. I I can't wait. A for this Halloween to see the amount of Barbie and Ken cowboy figures when they, when they yes. get, got in those outfits, when they what went into outfit. the real world. And then the stuff that's going to have Kendom on it or Knuff, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, just fantastic. I, I thought, I, like I said, I like them both, but he was, I thought was just fantastic in it. So he was great. Yeah. Anybody that's delving too deep into this thing, man, my God, just let it go. Just, Go to the theater and smile for a couple hours. And again, <laughs> in Oppenheimer, you're probably not going to smile for, again, three hours. And oh, by the way, a three-hour movie with a 15-minute sex scene? Give me a break. I mean, you want to talk about unrealistic. That's about <laughs> as unrealistic as there is. So, Sorry to end it on that one, but I'm just, just spitting the truth here, all right? Oh, oh, Mike, your age is showing again. I think we'll leave it on that one, Jess. <laughs>